Good afternoon. <laughs> Let's get ready. Right into another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Dot podcast on this Christmas Eve. This Christmas Eve edition. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Sunday be Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Season greetings to everyone out there in the internet land. Gentlemen, how are you? The holidays are good so far. Quiet. I like that. Doc, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Christmas and the holiday season is here. Let's get right into the big news of the day in the basketball world. The yeah. Rockets recalled Clint Capella from the D-League. Really? Oh, that's not the big news you want to talk about? Really? That is one of the things that the Rockets kept the media sports world business with today. I thought it was the coach getting an extension. That was number two. Kevin McHale agreed to a three-year contract extension. Is it the right time for that? Les says so, you know. You, but that's not what I asked. Is that is that the right it's time not my for money. They're twenty and seven. They done a little break right now. You know. take, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, they he's, throw money away if they want to get yeah. rid of him at the end of the year. They just have to pay him off. His contract was coming up. And at the you end led of the year. into that next so, situation. If they don't want to be, if they give you an extension and all, and like they want I you said, to go leave, they just like bam. Less I want you money. to go. I'm paying you to just get out of my house. Think just about get out. it. If it was baseball, Bobby Bonilla, I think he's still under. Net, yeah, the Mets still Mets paying him. So they just, you know. Well, young, and that's a good tie-in there, sir. Thank thing. you. That's a good tie-in there, Doctor Cavill, with uh, a team paying a player to go away. That's right. Because my team, the woeful Detroit Pistons, on Monday, December twenty-second, <laughs> who they pay to go away, made my day. They truly did make my day when they decided to waive Josh Smith. Yeah. And his two years remaining on his two years, twenty-seven million dollars left on his contract of a four-year. $54 million deal. Why did that make your day, Chris? Because he was a horrible fit with the Pistons. I said it when they when Joe Dumars, for some unknown reason, only to Joe Dumars, agreed to sign Josh Smith. It was a horrible fit. He is not. He's, they tried to play him at small forward, which is a disaster. He is desperate. He's desperate, and it shows. Desperate when you make desperate moves, they usually do not turn out well. They bite you in the butt. Yes, they do, and this one did all over the place. And new GM and head coach Stan Van Gundy decided enough was enough, decided that uh, he couldn't get Josh Smith to fit his style of play and suit, fit their system. This, despite the fact during the offseason this summer that Sacramento Kings were one of the only NBA teams willing to trade for Josh Smith, and when I heard that, I was like, make that deal done. I take back a bag of bricks to get Josh Smith off the Pistons roster. At that time, Van Gundy didn't do it because he believed he could convince Josh Smith to uh, do things to fit his system. 28, game, 28 games into the NBA season, Van Gundy realized this was not going to work. <laughs> so uh, he decided to waive him. And if this way, Piston uh, tinged podcast, I'd focus more on the Piston decision to do all that. But this is Houston, H-Town. That's what we do with the Rocket side. Monday. Pistons waived Josh Smith. He had 48 hours to clear waivers. And the rumors then on Monday where the Rockets were probably the front runner to sign Josh once he cleared waivers at 4 o'clock Wednesday afternoon. Well, it is past that time. And the Rockets have indeed agreed to term Josh Smith. And as people have said earlier Wednesday that he was going to become a Rocket. to join his AAU teammate Dwight Howard and... It was reported last night by Mark Stein of ESPN.com, as well as this morning by Yahoo Sports' Adrian Wojnarowski that the Rockets promised Josh Smith that he would start 
So there's only two teams, Rockets and, and I believe the Lakers, Rockets and the Heat, I believe, told Josh that he would become a starter. And Josh has agreed to become a Houston Rocket. Mark Berman of Fox 26 Sports says, uh, I guess, is interviewing in the process of interviewing Josh. He's posted comments from Mr. Smith already on uh, Scoop's Twitter handle, Mark Berman, Fox 26. Some of these quotes crack me up. Here is part of this quote from Mr. Josh Smith. I think I can add to their toughness. I think I can add to their versatility at the four position, being able to pass the basketball and score down low. Just add another basketball IQ. Ha! My butt. I say that, and I'm going to be objective. Doc, you're in the numbers. Correct? Mm-hmm. Josh Smith, through 28 games this season with Detroit, shot 39.1% from the field. 24.3% from the three-point line. Uh, uh, and, yeah, he was trying. And a career-low 46.8% from the foul line. So 39.1% from the field, career-low. 46.8% from the foul line, career-low. He was trying. Oh, yeah, he was trying. And he's also injured. He's had nagging injuries. So let me give you some more information that I have not seen mentioned here locally uh, in the Houston media thus far Wednesday. A few weeks ago, actually December 10th, and this is in a blog post. I've already made three blog posts today regarding the Rockets, one about Coach McHale and his extension, mm-hmm. uh, Clint Capella being recalled from the D-League, and the third one about Josh Smith. December 10th. The Detroit News colleague Vincent Goodwill has comments, quotes from Josh Smith at that time, December 10th, so roughly two weeks ago, that Josh Smith said he was playing at 70% effectiveness due to nagging injuries. Quote from Josh, hip flexor and groin in training camp, and it's been nonstop since. A day of rest isn't going to help. A day off isn't going to help. Then there's this on my foot. This is a blister on his big toe, I believe. That's the biggest pain of all. More Josh Smith. I try not to think about it. It does hinder a little bit of my explosiveness. I've never had to deal with any kind of foot injuries except ankles. When you get to talking about feet or toes, it's very uncomfortable, end quote. So true. So all of a sudden, in two weeks, he's 100% healthy now? I doubt it. No, I doubt it. Did he sit during those two weeks? I'm asking you. He played. But ain't healthy, because I just went to the foot doctor a couple of weeks uh, last week. So I know. I know. I'm on my feet on a regular basis, walking. And you wear out a pair of shoes. And you, when you sit down, you sit down. And if you don't, your feet will make you sit down. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see how healthy he is in the Rockets uniform, starting at the power forward spot, playing with uh, good buddy Dwight Howard. Who's uh, who's uh, uh, who's who is he replacing? Let me ask it that way. Clearly, with Smith starting at the power forward spot, the Rockets are going to move Donatus Modiunis to the bench which is interesting considering he was playing very, very good ball well. yeah. this last, last month. So we'll see how well 
Moda Yunus reacts and responds to a, a bench roll once again, if he's still here, because the Rockets could trade him, possibly. But with Demo out back to the bench, I guess he'll be the backup five. Possibly if you want to keep uh, Tarek Black at the five, whatever. So but now he's got to be? Right, as of right now, I would think the Rockets would let go of Joey Dorsey. You know, Josh Smith is an upgrade over Joey Dorsey, but what is that saying, really, if I'm comparing Josh Smith to Joey Dorsey? Not very good. So, we'll see how it goes, but Rocks may, may make a trade, or they just may release someone to make room for Josh Smith on the 15-man roster. It comes down to this, in my opinion. If Dwight Howard, who's good friends, very good friends, yeah, they go back with to the Josh AAU, AAU days a long time ago. And in fact, this was something that, to some degree, people had put out there that it might come up when they were both free agents. But obviously, people were questioning the salary fit. So this is just another way to appease him. True, that is a good point. But one so thing, him, it's it's I'm clear to me. Yeah, Dwight Howard is going to ha- Dwight Howard and James Harden. I tweeted this at on my Twitter account, T H E H R Review, that. Dwight and James need to tell Josh Smith, unless it's a corner three-point shot, don't shoot a three. Period. He's a 27% career three-point shooter, and most of those are from the uh, the long line from the top of the key out, out that far, the 23.9 rather than shorter corners like 22 feet that Shane Battier made famous throughout his NBA career. Josh Smith is not a stretch four. He's not, he's not a good stretch four. The Rockets, if they can convince him to do the things he does well, and if he's healthy, the fact that he's only going to be paid by the Rockets $2 million this year, it's a low risk financially for them. Absolutely. Chemistry-wise, we'll see how it goes. Because, like, like I said, if Moda Yunus is, is content and productive off the bench, then your bench has improved. Yeah, if you, Moda get Yunus, that, you get that depth now. If Moda Yunus pouts and complains and gripes, and does not perform well in a new in a bench role once again, you have a problem. Is he that type of player from what you have been able to see watching those? He did not play well off the bench last year. Right. That's what it, that, that, that was all going to bring up. And Terrence Jones took his minutes, took, started started him last year. Now Terrence Jones is still out with, with the nerve issue in his knee, and that's why Moni Unis was inserted into the starting lineup this season. And with confidence and a starting role, starting minutes, he played much better. Well, yeah. But once that starting minutes – Starting role is gone, and now he's back to the bench. Can he readjust? It's all on Dwight Howard to convince Josh and Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale is an old-school guy because Hawks head coaches, Stan Van Gundy in Detroit, have all tried at one point in Josh Smith's now 10-year career to say, stop shooting so many damn three-point shots and long two-point shots yet he still launches them and still misses them. You can still you can hear the fans moan and groan every time he took an outside shot because they were bricks. So we'll see if Kevin McHale can convince him to not do that anymore, or if he does do it, sit his butt on the bench. Also, I wonder, as a 10-year veteran in some of these injuries, oftentimes when you get to that 9, 10, 11-year mark and you've pretty much made your money, uh, you start to get a different focus in terms of uh, playing for the ring. And if you think about it, this is his real first real team uh, that has the opportunity to play at the top of the division. You know, he's at Atlanta. They were a playoff team, but they were usually a 
seventh, eighth, teen, sixteen baby. And that was in an eat that was pretty weak, so they were barely making it. Now you're talking about a team that is looking to try to make a move to the top four, I would say, at least in the Western Division. That's stacked. Uh, but I wonder if that framework will change in t- terms of his maturity, for lack of a better word. And I'm talking about maturity in terms of playing the game as a group and for winning championships. And we'll see if if he's focused, because his three-point shooting this season especially, he's been worse than Dwight at the foul line. So come crunch time, mm-hmm. you'll have two awful foul shooters on the floor at the same time. So you can play, a team can play Hacker Josh or Hacker Howard. That's not good. So that's a problem. Yeah, that's amazing. That but Josh Smith, in my opinion, seeing them, seeing the Pistons play this year, his free throw shooting was so bad and got into his head so much that he didn't even want to get be on the low post for, for fear of being fouled, right. which was sending him to the free throw line to throw up bricks yeah. or, or air balls. He threw up two air balls in Sunday's game, also Brooklyn. He air balls free throws at least once a game now. That's how bad it, become, it had become the last few weeks. That's not something that's easy to shake, you would think. But also, I'm... Um, Thinking from the framework of trying to figure out that glass is half full, how much of that is from the framework that you with an organization that has been losing? It could be. And so hopefully again, a, change a change of scenery scenery will, will be a somebody positive. that has some you know, some talent, and obviously at that level, the question is is can he get that back? And will that change of scenery playing for a team that is obviously competitive, playing in the, on the conference side? That is very competitive. Will that kind of change your direction? And that, I think that's the fundamental question because everything else is there. And the evidence shows that you can have some major problems there. So if he's not going to change in terms of just his competitive juices, I mean, this trade is not going to work. And that's what it comes down to. Mentally, we'll see where, where his head is because he, clearly he won't be the first option or the second option on this team. So that should allow him to relax, yeah. hopefully, and just stick to what he does well, which is play good defense, block some shots, pick up a few steals, things like that. And you almost want him to be like Ariza. You know, the first time he was here, he was trying to put too much weight on what he was going to do for the team. Now he's back. He really understands his role, uh, not only on this team, but for him it was before that yeah. really as a professional. He plays with a lot more confidence and a lot more yeah. in so a confident in situation. That framework, if you would, is holds true for Josh Smith in terms of again being that ultimate professional in an organization that is asking a lot more of you, uh, being professional, which is the same thing as you said, with Marty Unit. He's going to have to uh, coalesce to that framework too. And I think if the Rockets are going to shift in that mode. In a lot of ways, this goes to Dwight Howard in terms of, you know, a person that likes to have much, so much fun. Obviously, you need that. Nobody's saying in life that you shouldn't have fun at what you're doing. But there's a part of that that now this has to change in terms of having fun in terms of a serious work ethic. You've seen that a lot from Harden. Can he continue to do it for the rest of the season? This is a guy that got beat up, let's be frank about it, in all season in terms yeah. of his defense, yeah. which rightfully so in terms of what he did. Was, but he's yeah. made a commitment to that. You obviously know from an offensive standpoint that he's gifted and he wanted to be known as great. But I think he also understands in this league to be known as a great player, you can't not just do it on one side of the ball. 
you have to be a quintessential player and be able to give somebody something on the defense. And he's definitely uh, made that change. The question now is, again, can they coalesce and do it as a group? I mean, he's even been mentioned at MVP with all the injuries. So has his maturity kicked in? And, and I think sometimes we kind of forget because these players were coming in quite young, particularly with high, Dwight Howard, you know, coming straight out of high school, and they've been in the league so long how, in a lot of ways, they're really young when you think about age. And a part of that is just maturing in life. They're, they're young. And piggyback on that, they're young chronologically, but playing in the league nine and ten years now, their bodies are not young. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, so we'll see. And, exactly. and this is coming off a few days after the Rockets traded for forward Corey Brewer, for words, Corey Brewer and Alex, Alexi Sverd. I like that part of the trade. I like what and Corey Brewer does on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. He is a, he is a team player, thinner, lankier Josh Smith. He's more like, effective, though. Yes, he's he's more athletic. Absolutely. He doesn't take as many bad shots as Josh Smith yeah. does. He reminds me in a lot of ways of Reza. I mean, not in terms of that position, but a guy that really understands what he does in the league. That's right. That's why he stayed in the league. Yep. He does what he does well. He's a team player, and he's – And that's part of being an effective NBA effective player, knowing your role, sticking to what you do well. And when a central pro. And not – trying to con- continually try to do things that you don't do well. And that's one of the biggest issues I have and many people have with Josh Smith. He's a talented player. He just does, and he insists on doing things that he doesn't do well, like shoot outside shots. And if, if you're not willing to change at some point, it's on you. Your coaches, your teammates, fans are telling you all these things. And yo, man. Unless you have made yourself into a good three-point shooter, which he hasn't, right? Stop taking three-point shots. So his game hasn't improved. He hasn't put in work in the offseason to become a good three-point shooter. So why are you still taking three-point shots? That's one of the many things about him. Well, so we'll see. I do it. agree with it, but I always seem to say that he was on teams where he was in a position where, while the coach was frustrated. He was able to give points. So he was kind of allowed to do his own thing. I just don't see that happening here. And it's, yeah, it better not. <laughs> and it's one thing because the ball will be in James Harden, James Harden's hands a lot. My point. So, it, like I said, it better not. The Rockets have pieces and players and pers- personalities that should be able to help Josh focus on what he does well. And I think he had some choices. I mean, he could have went to Miami. He, he chose the Rockets. And Miami could have actually paid him more money. But it wasn't a money thing. So Well, he's getting paid. He's getting two checks for a few right, years. He's going to get his money. But I'm saying what the way Miami did, they released the guy and they put in for the clause because um, the injury. Injury exception, yes. Mm-hmm. Injury exception. So they could have actually paid him a little more. So obviously he's going to get his money. But I'm saying if it was just about money and and. And the reason I say about money is, as you're alluding to, if it's more about just him being him, I think he would have thought more about just doing the money. But since this was seems to be something more about a position of winning, I'm fundamentally believing that something tells me that he's going to be different than what he is. I hope so. I truly hope so. Yeah, well, 
I don't, what, I don't think Chris quite believe it. He's like one of those. He, hey, he got no, all I know is he got to show me. Yeah, that's 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 what it comes down to. I'm not I'm one of these. Missouri, but there's been some problems in. Yeah, you got all that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm not yeah. one of these local media people that are are making plans for the championship parade downtown Houston already because of Josh Smith. Well, let me. Uh, I'm, yeah, not, I'm, I, not, I'm not. I'm not that. Well, let me ask, that, well, let me ask this question then. That are they playing the young Memorial Day weekend? That means getting past. Well, getting past. Well, see, that's right around conference finals. Yeah. So I'm like the uh, first week in June. I, 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 I don't think so. No. That's, that's deep. That's deep in playoffs. You're running out of championship now. Well, it, that, that answers some good basketball in it. That answers a lot of questions. I mean, they're, they're that, that means you're getting past the what? Yeah, Golden State. Golden, Golden State, State, San Antonio, you know. San Antonio. Clippers. Clippers, you know. Dallas. Uh, what about the move with Dallas? Now, you know what? I, when I saw that. Right now, they're adjusting. They, when do I you like it? Do you think it'll work I, out in the long run? I do. I don't, long I don't run past this year? Probably not. Oh, no. That's, I, but I, I, what no. I do see is this do year. Do you think it'll work this year? This is, the, this is what. Cause I, cause, yeah, because I see that's As what they're saying. in the championship? You know, the same question we had. Playing class Memorial. Can they get to the. Conference finals. Yeah, they, they got. If you get a conference finals, you got a shot. Right. They, good yeah. They got a Th- things starting to work for they you. They got to get a backup big man. Okay. And the word is they're probably going to, or Jermaine O'Neal is probably going to sign yeah. with them. So right so, now, I know all so, bets are probably on yeah. San Antonio but because they trade. They traded away some front court depth in that trade to get Rondo. So that's what I'm saying right now. Their front court depth is is a hole. From what you've seen basketball, you call it a day. Who's playing San Antonio fast in the world in the conference finals? If my choices are Dallas or the Rockets? No, Dallas Rockets, the Clippers, Golden State. Oh, well, no. If Andrew Bogut is healthy, Golden State's playing past Dallas and the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's that's a huge if though. You know, Bogut yeah. he, he anchors their defense in, in at that center spot, the five spot. Yeah, they need the way they play the game. They so yeah, he need but he, he, you gotta be healthy. That's a but that's a huge if though. Right. But Adam Wexler tweeted about an hour or so ago. I like the Rondo. That's the, why I had to put it. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, yeah. The, that, the number, I did. Terrence Jones numbers last year and Josh Smith numbers almost identical. Interesting. Just interesting. Just, he's a younger version. And at the time, he was a healthier version than Josh Smith. And did the Rockets well, get past? Maybe that's what they're seeing. Since did the Rockets get past the first round? That he's not coming back anymore. Did the Rockets get past the first round last year with Terrence Jones? Similar numbers to Josh Smith? No. Thank you. <laughs> Point well taken. It, it is. It is what it is. <laughs> so that's all. Like I said, it's a lot of it's it's low risk because of the money, two million dollars. You know, you say that it's not my money. Spend it's less his money. But yeah, but he was convinced. But yeah, not I, GM that this should work. Right. So you're saying if you were the GM, nothing tells you he's got to what you've seen. He's got to be healthy. This works. Yeah, he's got to be healthy. There's too many ifs. I mean, he's not That's healthy. That's what I'm saying. You you broke it down. Yeah. You got to repeat it. But it's simply what you've seen, everything that you've studied, professionally speaking, not just whether you like him or not, but being analysts of what we do on, on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Everything tells you that this is not likely going to work. And, you know, and, and I, I have direct ties with Josh Smith. Let's put it like that. So, this is not a personal hatred or anything like that at all. Yeah. So this this is basketball, yeah. because trust me, if the Rockets are playing in June, my website and blog numbers are great. Yeah. So good thing for you. So good yes, for it's great. So <laughs> I, I hope they they play till June, and I hope they 
have a parade. But until it gets done. Yeah, that's great business. So, yeah, it's got to get done first. Doc, last podcast, I believe, sir, in your awesome wisdom, you stated something to the effect that you would not mention HBCU basketball updates until they won a game. Won a real game. Won a real game against a Division One opponent. That, that was the way you expressed it. Was correct, a real sir? game. Correct. That is what I said. Yeah, I do game. believe you have some things to talk about now. Is that correct also, sir? That is also correct. Big have time. at it, Doc. Have at it. Big time. Big time win. Texas Southern under Mike Davis. Had a chance. Under under who? Who was that? Coach Davis. And what school is that again, Doc? Texas Southern University. Okay. And who did, who, who did they beat? They went up and played Michigan State. Out of what conference? The Big Ten, where he previously coached in Indiana, mm-hmm. and at that time had not beaten Michigan State. And you know, when I, I when I when he said that, I was like, okay, let me go back and check. Man, to my shock, didn't happen. How ironic. How ironic now. And they won in overtime. Yes, yes. They and but had a lead late in that game. Yeah. The Spartans, as you think they would do, made made a tremendous run uh, to take it to overtime. But uh, to the Texas Southern Tigers' credit, uh, they fought back in uh, overtime and found a way to get it done, defeating them in overtime. And uh, just just amazing win in terms of a top 25 team. Last thing that was done was when Texas Southern uh, beat Minnesota, another Big Ten team. They were ranked 16 at the time. You've seen a little more upset during that time going on. So um, Texas Southern wins 71-64 in overtime. Chris transfer showed up. Uh, uh, Chris Gingham, Thomas, right, I think. Chris Thomas, mm-hmm. big-time player there. Uh, Riley put in 20.7 rebounds, assist and a steal. So they looked really powerful in terms of playing some good basketball in that game. Chris Thomas, as I said, he put up 22 points. Uh, the guard, Gibbs, Madarius Gibbs, he gave you nine rebounds from the guard position. It's something you need in an upset that goes like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Texas Southern shot one of the biggest things that really, when you go inside the numbers, the fact that they shot 53% for the game. Those are hard Ag- numbers to against beat. Against Michigan State, who's yeah. known for their for defense. defense. Exactly. Those are hard numbers to beat on any level when exactly. the team is that high. Yeah, Spartans uh, shot 39%. And from the three-pointer line, which also uh, is big when you're talking about a game like that, Texas Southern went four for 12, going 33%. That allowed them to stick at that 53% yep. percent of that. And Barton shot 21 threes in that game. That's a lot. And, you know, you live by the three, you die by the three. Yep. And he only made four of them, so they shot 19% from the three. Houston Rockets. <clears throat> so that's the part of the game inside the numbers when you kind of see uh, what has to come together for an upset? And what else happened? Free throws, 17 to 26%, 12-21, 57%. Uh, so that was the big part of that game. Came back. For a lot of people, they were frustrated from the standpoint that this game was not on the radio. Uh, it wasn't? No. It was not it on was the not issue. Issue. No. It wasn't on the radio. No. 90.9, okay. Nine. And uh, there in terms of that, and a lot of people were frustrated with that. Uh, some reasons behind that, not necessarily from a leadership position, 
Uh, but I think they're trying to rectify rectify that. But unfortunately, you gotta make they a couldn't move, get huh? it done before they left to go to Auburn. And last night, they had Auburn on the rope. Now. Leading that game by five. Tough foul call at the end. end. Yep. Probably right call. 50-50, though. Yeah, you don't know. Uh, you're not going to get that call on the road, particularly now that you upset. That's the game. you got to find a way if you're going to beat Auburn. Right. you got to go by beating by five going down the stretch, so you can't allow the referees to really get in there. Anyway, tough call. 11 seconds left in the game. TSU is literally up one. That close to having back-to-back wins against Power Five to let you know how this team is starting to play some good basketball after struggling early. Um, but guy, to his credit, for Auburn sank two free throws. Yep. Uh, 11 seconds, um, tried to get off a shot. Couldn't quite get it done, so they lose to Auburn. Um, played See. New Mexico tonight, uh, yesterday. And, uh, I mean, excuse me, Auburn in terms of that game. So we, they traveled to New Mexico, New Mexico as they try to close out this before they get in conference. Remember, this is the team that lost to Norfolk State. Norfolk State has nine wins on the season, playing some very good basketball out of the MEAC, North Carolina Central, uh, that will be one of the teams uh, that you need to look out for in terms of MEAC as well. They have nine wins on the season, uh, playing some very good basketball. They have two wins over SWAT. I like what they did. They took a road trip and decided to go to Mississippi. Um, last year they played Southern. It was a neutral site. So it looks like that coach is going to uh, make sure he throws him in some HBCU matchups between me and SWAC, which I think is a good mix. But he went to Mississippi Valley, beat up on Mississippi Valley, 90 to like 60-plus in terms of that game, but then played Jackson State. So to give you some ideas of how tough the SWAC will probably be this year is a framework that that was an overtime game um, that uh, North Carolina Central did get out of there with the uh, three-point victory as they took it out in overtime. But the other game that was pretty big this weekend is the fact Baylor, top 20-ranked team, was taken to the wire by Southern. So the SWAC has had some close shots, pulled off one major upset, also got some other solid wins. This same weekend will turn and get you into some U of H basketball with this transition uh, that may not be as positive as what I'm talking about because the fact is U of H lost to Pine Bluff. Uh, played a lot of games in a lot of days. I don't know if that's the excuse that people want to hear, but they no, did. No, I mean, Coach Sampson said it after. Uh, I, don't, I mean, they had, they had only played four or five games up until last week. Right. So they had almost nearly a month off. Okay. Schedule quirks and things like that. I think they had, had agreed to games and contracts. Teams changed and backed out of them, so they had a yeah. lot of off days. So they played HBU last Tuesday, Pine Bluff on Wednesday, part of the first game of the Las Vegas Classic. Yeah. They lost. Beat Houston Baptist, was close on for a while, mm-hmm. and beat them. Beat them, lost to Pine Bluff the next day. Then Saturday they lost to South Carolina State. Yeah, out of the media. Uh, 71-63. And I believe, and this, this is how, this is sports. Uh, South Carolina State beat the Cougars by eight, 71 63. A few days prior, Texas Tech beat SC, SC State by like 60, 100 something to 39, yeah, something like that. Beat them down. Then last night in Vegas, the Cougars in the last game of the Las Vegas Classic beat Texas Tech 82 to 69. 
his games so won pretty easily. Really, so this roller coaster yeah. up and, and down. And that was that, that was a quick turnaround. Now, because uh, the night before they played Boise yeah. State and lost, I believe in overtime, seventy five, seventy three. That's, that's, that's so it's just one of those. Just hot, like I said, basketball is like life. You know, matchups are key. Yeah. You got to make shots. It comes down to that. In, how much people tired and let, yeah, how you play the game. It really lets you know that oftentimes talent alone is a part of the game. But your X's and O's, uh, understanding your team in terms of their maturity, uh, the health situation, resting people's bodies. And so you start really looking at the science of the game in a lot of ways on and off the court. How is uh, so, uh, LJ adjusting to being back on the floor? I mean, it's the team starting to. Just with him. Hold on, before we dig into uh, okay. oh. U of H, you know I got to poke the bear a little bit over there yeah. on the women's side, give yeah. them some lo- love from HBC. They did their job. Southern taking down Rice right here at home right before the Christmas holiday. Was it 68, 63, I think? Yeah. yeah. Jameson Winston's uh, girlfriend, Rice, a lot of people, had the word got out that she oh. plays for the Rice. She's still there? Yeah, she's still there. Uh, so uh, people. So were, they let her know that, that they know who she is? They were pretty nice about it, but they the word at least had traveled through the stands, and so that was part of the whispers in the games on the on the side. So it was kind of funny listening to people uh, being in the, entertained, not just by the game, but who was associated. How with was the crowd game. for that Monday afternoon game? Um, I didn't it was sparse. I, I uh, but I think it. that's to be expected. Uh, holiday week. Oh, and, and, and the transfer and women's basketball. You know, we've talked about the numbers are not as great as they. And her name is Breon Allen, by the way. Yeah. And, and, it, it, and TSU's transfer, TSU's transfer from uh, from Utah, knocked down once again was a rice killer, was an owl killer. You know she knocked down some threes. Yeah, she she, knocked down some threes when she came home and said, "Hey, I can still just put it up." Yeah, Prairie View women continues to play some basketball there, beating up on Sam Houston State. Got another win as they continue to. Play some very good basketball. So, PV men beat North Texas. Yeah. Got on the road. Got some credit. Yeah. Warren Denson, 70 to 63. Uh, win. Up seven late. Two and a half minutes. Looked like they were going to make it close impossible, but hit some big free throws going down the stretch. Pulled it out. Got it done. Win over North Texas. And I tell you so what. That's a lot of so some wins there for you to so, talk about for your HBCU top 10, Doc. So I feel a little better that I could actually get that out there and get back into the podcast. Not talking about some HBCUs, but until we get in conference play, unless they do some more upsets, I'm passing on to you. Die. But and we touched on this a little bit. TSU continues their the road march in non-conference play uh, before they even start the SWAC with I think two or three games on the road to start uh, conference play in the SWAC. So I mean they're not here. Their next game will be on the road. At Kansas State for Coach Davis and, and his uh, Tigers men squad, and they don't come home until I think the second week of January for the for the first home game. So, and based on their performance against Michigan State, the first road Auburn, trip as they 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 start playing uh, SWAC play first of January, but their first games are um, road trips. They right. go to the Southern Alcorn, so they don't even get to wow. Play. Wow. They got enough uniforms and, and stuff, you know, while they're out on the road, because I'm going to tell you, it, it's fixing it. It's, that's a lot of games to being out. No way. They have their sets of uniforms, but. 
I'm just asking. They, 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 they have a watch crew too. <laughs> so yeah, they have Kansas State at Kansas State, at New Mexico State to wrap up the non-conference road trek, and then at Alcorn and at Southern before going to Prairie View. So the first home game will be January 17th versus Grambling. Grambling is struggling. So it'll be a while, and I think January 17th, will school be in yet? Yeah, it'll be in about two days. You had it marked. Well, the holiday is on the 19th or no? Yeah. So that'll be, that's the last Saturday before winter break. Yeah, you'll have students back on campus because uh, they'll be registering and things of nature. But, uh, of course, lectures will not start until that Tuesday after the MLS well, holiday. Well, hopefully, Con- students play on campus will be for, there. For the American is next week, right? Next this Monday. weekend, sir. This weekend? Yeah. UCF comes up. Comes, oh, that's right. That comes was to told. Houston at 2 o'clock. And you, and you were told to be there for yeah, sure Saturday afternoon, sir. So Flat out, the woman said, we intend on burning the house down. I was like, okay. I want you to be a witness. I was like, yes, ma'am. I should be a witness. Fired up. Oh, shit, shit. Hey. Which is interesting because when you, you look at that, the fact that SWAC waits so late to start their conference games and, and they had it back in where they play like three games in five days. Right. I never understand it. But the MIAC does the opposite. They'll play two. They've already played two conference games. They play a set of conference games. Uh, the week in November, right before you get into final exam week. Wow. Which allows them to. Okay, I got have you. To squeeze all those games. Yeah, yeah. Of but the U of H women, to Coach Huey and his staff's credit, is five and six. They already have five wins at the non conference. I think they've already they got two more. exceeded <laughs> they got two last more. year's non conference win yeah. total already. That's another roller coaster. They've had some very yeah. solid well, wins. Well, they got, they, they, they got two more. Yeah. They, they got two more. Some, they, 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 some stunning losses. They, they got two more. They beat That's all I'm saying. In the they'll be in my number. <laughs> and they beat the UTSA, also an athletes in action uh, classic. And they lost to Texas Tech on Sunday by six, 60 to 54. I'm laughing, but. Uh, so they're I'm, doing. They're they slowly but surely. They're turning things around. and they're uh, trying. Tip off to start off the American. The game will be on the American Digital Network uh, Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock Houston nah. time. So you can check, go to the American.org for more information about the link, et cetera, to watch a game online. Or just be inside Hall Finals Pavilion like I hope to be at 2 p.m. to watch a game in person. Rice Owls, you touched on the loss to a TSU. Owls are 4-5. and five. Now their next game will be versus Lamar on Sunday at 2 p.m. They beat McNeese in overtime. 57-55, and, and um, so that's the women's side. Men's side, men, men lost in overtime on Monday, ninth to at Lamar, 79-72. There are now, I believe, 3-7. and seven. Let me touch on this. Previous podcast, I said that the Houston Baptist women's team, women's basketball team, was the best team in the city. At the time, they were because they were coming off a very good win, a yeah, no road win. When you looked at, at RPI UTEP. schedule, big wins, yes. Well, TSU and Coach Janetta Hayes Perry and her players took umbrage. Clearly, they took umbrage by that and took it out on the floor. That's on place HBO, to do it, right? On uh, yes, sir. Last week, December seventeenth, uh, a game I told the listeners that I would try to make coming from the Job got there at halftime. 
Lady Tigers already up, I think, 44, 34 roughly at halftime. They won, won the game 92 to 80. Very impressive showing. Um, and then, you know, they beat Rice on Monday, the 22nd. So as of Christmas so Eve, as you I can say, it, what do you think? I now? can say now that TSU wow. is the best women's basketball team in the city of Houston. And, uh, I have no problem saying here, that. Doc. Don't look over here. I, I no mean, problem. you know, I'm, I'm, a, no, I'm, I'm just I'm, saying, unfortunately, for the, the Panthers down there, they're not literally inside Houston. So but, they but, would have to be but, greater but, Houston. But, even, and even ex, if I extend that to include yeah. greater Houston, yeah. Houston, the two best, te- two best teams yeah. are SWAC teams. Yeah. TSU and Prairie View. Wow. Yeah. Long time coming. It's been you a know, while. Not Rice, U of H, and HBU. And, and we're talking about after changes have been made in both programs. That has been a, it's, it's, you know, it was a little gap, and now you know they figured it out, making the right mixture yeah, of, of players. Those teams are doing very well in terms of making runs. Yep. at conference championships. Yes, uh, under the leadership of Cooper, really what we're talking about. Yep, and then uh, as Cooper moved on, coming back to Houston, yep. she did her thing here. So she left both Prairie and Texas Southern in good hands. But the point that you're making is that these coaches that have come and done that have not only maintained it in some level in terms of what they're doing non-conference-wise, they even up the ante. So I think that's the excellent point you make there. Thank you, sir. And let, Every me, 90, and let me add, Every 90. Um, <laughs> Alexis Johnson for Texas Southern. That young lady. She can hoop? Man, oh, man, she can hoop. She is an athlete ex- Extraordinaire, as some, as some folks say. And yes, TSU fans and alums, y'all need to get inside the HNPE arena and see Lady Tigers play, and especially Alexis Johnson, because he's six foot two, athlete, and her game is improving. Redshirt sophomore, she got better from last year, freshman year. You can see the improvement. She's somebody I think fans, basketball fans, would enjoy watching hoop on the court. So get out and, and uh, Check out Lady Tigers. Now let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, THG Agency. Are you looking for business strategies and services in the areas of sports management, educational leadership, and project management for your sports camps, AAU teams, local business, or athletic department? Well, you come to the right place. THG Agency is the Heritage Group. It is a fully integrated sports entertainment, educational leadership, and project management consulting company focused on sports leadership and educational administration with six areas of consulting expertise, sports business management, educational sports assessment, data analysis, educational curriculum development, advanced leadership execution, and statistic solution consulting. Our services are well-defined but tailor-made for our clients we represent. For more information, give us a call at 281-330-1341 or email us at info at thg-agency.com. You can also visit the website at thg-agency.com. Thanks once again to THG Agency for sponsoring our podcast. Gentlemen, how can folks find you on the World Wide Web? Doc? Yes, you can find me on the World Wide Web at www.thc-agency.com in terms of just all the information on what I do as a consultant. You can also find me in terms of www.onadon.com 
for football-related HBCU updates, top 10 poll rankings, um, HBCU inside the HBCU huddle with regards to the HBCU All-American team and the honors from coaches of the year this year and programs of the year, assistant coaches. So those are some things that you want to see, some updates there. I'll have that on Twitter as well. And if you want to see that on Twitter, that's when you follow me at my social media platforms, which can be on Facebook and Instagram as well at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Obviously, for the basketball season, I'll be on D-H-R-R Houston Round Ball Review. So I look forward to making sure you can get that information as you are hopefully there already in regards to getting your weekly and daily appetite wet with other basketball news around the country. Finally, you can get me on SoundCloud, uh, where we archive our radio broadcast that I do on Inside the HBCU Sports Lab every Tuesday from 7 to 8 on kcuhradio.com. That's kcuhradio.com, 12.30 a.m. That's www.kcuhradio.com. You can also get the app, KCUH Radio, if you want to listen to that show particularly those fans that say they want to appetite on HBCU news. We have it all out there. One of the hottest topics that are out there on the HBCU platform is the fact that uh, MEAC and SWAC look like they have entered into an agreement. It hasn't been released yet, but you know we get to find a way to get you the inside news that they're going to go back to this Heritage Bowl or what recently was called the, the Legacy Classic, if you will, a Legacy Bowl where the MEAC and SWAC will send their champions to play. Uh, it looks like the game will be in Atlanta. Uh, anywhere from 2 to $6 million is the payout leading between the conference. How much? 70% going to the championship winner. So obviously that's significant money. And so it looks like the MEAC has kind of changed course in terms of they had played for the playoffs, but after losing like 18, 19 games financially, um, maybe not in a position to be a strength as they would in terms of carrying on. But there are a lot of MEAC fans that are not necessarily happy with this, trying to get to their presidents and athletic directors, seeing if they can change their mind. But from what I've heard, it, although it has not been released, it's supposed to be a done deal that they've already voted. Some people say six to five. Some people say the margin was bigger than that. And so I think that is intriguing uh, to see what's going on. So that's some of the hot topics that are out there that we talk about on the show outside of new coaching hires. Uh, talked to Latrell Scott of Norfolk State, interviewed the week before that. We had a very nice, long interview with Willie Simmons, new coach of Prairie View A&M. So if you want to get those kind of insight information, continue to listen to us right here on the podcast. Uh, every Tuesday, again, inside the HBCU Sports Lab, we'll get it for you. Well, okay. How about you, sir? You can find me on the World Wide Web uh, SoundCloud. I'm in the process of transferring uh, information, my uh, audio information, over to a SoundCloud account. I also um, post uh, my po- uh, interviews, video interviews, uh, at uh, uh, YouTube and on and my blog, and that's at uh, AKSV the CSR, the College Sports Report. You can also find my comments and uh, little twits of inf- information, uh, Twitter, TweetDeck, and Facebook 
at J.L. Woodley 1, Jerry Lee Woodley Jr. And I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review, HoustonRoundBallReview.com, as well as www.thehrr.com. Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube. You can see the videos, post-game interviews, uh, post-game press conference from Kevin McHale as well as a few things, including the Aggies, Coach Gary Blair, other post-game videos on the YouTube channel, Houston Round Bar Review, Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram, uh, ZHR Review on Twitter, and we have our KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc Facebook fan page that you can check out and ask us questions. Uh, we posted a topic uh, last week about Kyler Murray being the if they Allen won the state championship, would they be the would he be the best high school quarterback? I got some folks Texas? checking on that. I, okay, I, good. I actually do. So a lot of different ways because it because it came up in the in the press box. It came up in the, pre, in the press box. That's because we put it out there. It should have. Uh, last last you know lastly, it's interesting that uh, and I didn't mean to no, cut you off, but but what transpired was after the uh, uh, the, the Katie game, you know, see the hill. Press box pretty much empty. So the Allen folks were pretty much left. So you know how we do. We get to talking and then we kind of like raise our voice and all everything. And kind of like this, his name, Kyler's name got banded about. And it was interesting the comments. So, you know, a couple of people that I was with, they were like, well, who in Dallas is, is has been better? You know, and people had to really stop and think because there wasn't a whole lot of folks that looked like you and me sitting in the in the press box that could answer that question. And the youngsters didn't have a clue. I'm sure. You know, so so, 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 so when you got to argue with somebody like King Arthur Prater about that, you better have your facts together. That's been around a while. What did Arthur put out there? Who did he say? He mentioned uh, J.B. Kane. Um... Montgomery. Uh, he was from BCMO, a school that doesn't uh, that doesn't no exist, longer exist. no longer exists. And then he mentioned um, uh, who else was it? That, uh, was, that was the pre, one that that, that, that was pre that was doing, the, segregation. doing segregation. And folks, you know, when you when you mention that, people get kind of cringy and all. But the fact's better. There you go. You know, and, and couldn't nobody back. Couldn't nobody back it up. They couldn't change. And then it, it, the 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 sad part about it all was those those his numbers weren't listed in the uh, in the history book, yeah, they and, and, and that that bothered bothered me more than it did did, sure. did did King only because King actually you know he's older than I am, so he actually saw some yeah, guys that didn't. Because he got to see it, but the problem with that is. You know, as he moves on, yeah. If that information is not recorded, recorded yeah. It's going to be a, and a, the, and the, I have a book at home. I'm in the process of looking for it now. I got all day tomorrow and the rest of this weekend. I will have it. Uh, it was a football book that was put together by a gentleman from the Dallas area that uh, uh, put it together before the UIL made a decision to yeah. to combine the records and stuff. But I it, I will say this though, it still goes a long way if that you have to go that far back and dig it up. Yeah, and I think to his credit, we knew need to bring up Kane uh, from BCL more in terms of that so that the connection does. One sport that really does a good job of that 
is baseball in terms of making sure that they continue and, to live and, on and, with their history. The last thing is we start <coughs> to close out, one final thing, the big game is we're talking about transition from football to basketball. Will Kentucky go undefeated? Big game this week, Louisville? Yeah. I I will answer this question because I that team no, that, that team played play somebody that so I know. You're saying that they will lose the loser or somebody else? Somebody else. Yeah, I the same person told. But a, they'll be losing. A, a team I, that had lost. No, I'm gonna say they'll lose this time, Louisville. I'm gonna, I'll say it right now. Uh, a a person on a coaching staff. Uh, oh, I, I'm, I'm picking Louisville on that. On this. Just because. So you know, I mean, you answered the right time. I'm going with yeah. Kentucky. But uh, but I will I will say this though, the person that I talked to that was on the coaching staff that that they got beat by, basically said, at some point, that's going to reach a, a pinnacle, and it's going to have a, a dip. In the, in the early, within the first two weeks of conference play, it's going to it's going to have a dip, and it won't be just one game. They'll they'll lose by two. They'll lose about two games before the season's over with. I think if they, I seriously think if they get by Louisville, that I think one of the rallying cries and why you won't see that dip because they want perfection. And that's what that's what they're going to play against. And that's what's going to keep them motivated so they won't have that dip. You heard it here first. That's well, that's, you know, that's good. I, I like, that's what I like we do around here. We're going to find out, Doc. Divergent opinions. We're going to find out, Doc. We're going to find out. That's a good thing. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Touch on this uh, this past Sunday, number three, Texas Longhorns, played number four, Texas A&M, Aggies in Arkansas. In a, the uh, one, of, one of the two games as part of the Big 12 SEC Challenge, in Little Rock, heck of a game. Wildcats, Longhorns, won by two. Uh, despite the Aggies having a double-digit lead in the second half, but the Longhorns came through down the stretch and got things done. A go-ahead bucket. So, but it was a fun game. It was good to see. Don't uh, do that, Rami Doc. Two teams, state rivals, once again, resume their robbery on the court. Hopefully, um, that will continue in the future. Uh, Saturday, I think we touched on the last podcast about the Tennessee Lady Vols playing Stanford. And Tennessee won the game. I believe the score was 59-40. to 40. Yeah. Lowest score for a Coach Vanderveer team at Stanford in a long, 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 long time. Well, I'm going to ask this They're question. They're re- really struggling in the last few games, putting the ball in the, in the hole. What's missing? I hadn't seen them play, you know. They had problems making shots against good teams. Um, that reminds me of somebody, but. Uh, and I want to say, uh, give credit to Longhorns Empress Davenport for making the game-winning bucket for the Longhorns over Texas A&M. Final score was 67-65. Mr. Wildcat, the Longhorns' next game will be uh, December 30th versus Rice. Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'll be making both games, uh, the men's game on Monday and the uh, women's game uh, later in the week. Well, that's uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. 10 or 30th. Yeah, that's Tuesday, the 30th. Game is at yeah. uh, 7 o'clock. Aggie, Aggie, Aggie's next game will be on the road versus Washington. Uh, one huge surprise was, uh, well, I'm going to say a huge surprise, but Duke. 13-ranked Duke beating 8th-ranked Kentucky in the women's hoops. 89-68 was kind of the ease of which 
Duke won the uh, ball game. You know, I think Bria Goss of Kentucky is out, so the Wildcats were missing her. But just the same Duke team that Wildcat and I saw Carlton Thaisen against the Aggies, and Aggies just dismantled them, pushed them around the court wherever they wanted them to go. And you got Duke's head coach, Coach McCauley, complaining about the officiating and the physical play and and things like that. So you play an SEC team, you play. You, so you step back there. Do a better job handling the havoc and the physical hectic nature that Kentucky plays and win by 21 was kind of a surprise. So, conference play is almost here on the men's and women's side. Once again, U-Rage women, it's uh, Shasta Kids Day, I believe. This Saturday versus UCF, 2 p.m. tip-off. So, you want to go see uh, the Cougs, Coach Huey's Cougs play UCF. The Knights be at Hoffman's Pavilion at 2 p.m. Anything you want to talk about regarding the high school football championships? Um, it was interesting just to see 50-plus thousand in the stands for a high school state championship game. 50-plus. The minimum was 52. And, Thank and you very the, much for saying that, Wildcat. And the, the, the largest was, a, was almost 55. Thank you for saying that because and, I want to talk about these – what I think, my opinion only, these 38 bowl games, of which, let's see, 1, 2, 5, 8, roughly 10 have been played so far, with average attendance ranging, with attendance, excuse me, ranging from a low of 13,667, which was today in the Bahama Bowl, the Bahamas Bowl. Hey, I'm going to make that trip. Thank you. If that bowl holds. And I'm still walking this late. I'm going to make that trip next year, Doc. To a high of roughly... I want you to help me get that... 34,000. Get get that credential. I'll I'll make that trip. So you're saying Texas high school football championship games... Folks, they was averaging... They was averaging 20-plus. Like championship games. They was averaging 20-plus. And I'm talking about from the the first day that they started, which was Thursday. And they started in the morning. They started in the morning. So on Thursday. The, the almighty bowl game, the almighty dollar bowl games. You can say what you want to, but Texas high school football is here and thriving for a reason. Folks, we'll go. No question about it. Six-man football. Um, I didn't bring the uh, – and it's my fault that I didn't bring the uh, – because I walked off and didn't put it in my bag. But I was told it was over 15000 for a six-man football state championship game. Yeah, I had the numbers. They increased uh, attendance in just about every game except for two different levels. I think, yeah, I think it was 3A. The, the, the 3A games was uh, was where the, the uh, numbers dropped off. With, with, but not that like much. One, two, eight, one, three, eight yeah, 1-2-8, Just further proof of what we've known for years, football is emperor in the state of Texas. State of Texas. <laughs> and folks, they come here and recruit for a reason. I always remember that. They don't care what level, they will come here and recruit. Thoughts on the uh, U of H Tom Herman press conference? I tell you what, a lot of folks was in the was in the house. Whether this all works, nobody knows until it gets uh until they, they have the first game. Number two factor They need to keep David Gibbs. I was fixing to bring that up. That's not a good way to wake up in the morning. But knowing that your defensive coordinator could be headed down the road. 
to Texas Tech. Well, I take that back, headed up the road. And hopefully he's going to have to get a raise. Hopefully that's all it is. Well, I I was told uh, they they, they need some defense done quickly. Well, there's no doubt Texas Tech's defense is trash. I mean, their (laughs) defense is a joke. It's a bad joke. And it's good that uh, whatever you want to call him, the uh, sex symbol head coach, Cliff. In Lubbock. He's still running strong. He's still apparently realizing, he now realizes that well, I, I need to stop some folks if I want to win. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see if the Cougs are able to keep David Gibbs on Coach Herman's uh, football staff. That's an important move. Cougs and, and, oh, and that's the other thing. Uh, the, and we can just throw this around. Apparently, the new NC2A rules of friends of the program, alumni can. Donate to to supplement, help the school supplement the uh, these coaching salaries is apparently working at your your place. So your whatever little checks and all you you're writing and all, I guess they going to the right place. We're doing what we can. We're doing what we can. The key is going to be: Are you going to be able to continue that that route? I'll do what I can as long as I can. I'll just do that. Say say that. Hopefully, uh, my fellow alums will, will do the same. But. We'll wrap it up with this. I believe uh, yes, Oklahoma. Done. Yeah, I got. I, you know, I got basketball or something is in the <laughs> is in the news. Before he goes to basketball, because you know he's a basketball person. I want him to be able to close out on basketball. But you know, we gotta give a little love to the Dallas Cowboys. No, we don't. No, Doc. Wait a minute. Hold up, Doc. No, no, wait, 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 wait. No, Folks, I, I, to be honest. How about them Cowboys? To be honest. Sad You're welcome. Since s- my team helped your team. <laughs> Sad it was you an know, interesting you're, you're, day. You're, you're welcome. Only, only because. But uh, the, it do my heart. Hold that thought. Since he brought it up. Yeah. It do my heart. Fantabulous if my team sweeps the Cowgirls at the end of the, in this last game of the season. Because no, that would no, no, be fine. Go to playoffs losing. Round one or round two, like you're gonna do anyhow. <laughs> That's what you're gonna do. Romo will be Romo eventually. It's a matter of time. You know, y'all winning He's a lot like of games works. in December. He's like y'all, y'all winning a lot of games in December. Exactly. I don't know what this. I don't know yeah, what whatever. this all about. Clockwork will come. Clockwork will come. Romo, we have a running game now. Yeah. Okay, you it, can kill look, that running game. Busters with the big time wide receiver. It's time we have the new triplets. Oh, nah, oh. Yeah, okay. oh, okay. Oh, okay. Step aside. Step, yeah, step away from the boot, mic. Go on with your basketball because I don't want to talk about it now. Step away from the Texas, mic. Texas have a chance to get in the playoffs. They need some help. Step away from the mic. Yeah. Step away from the mic. Talk yeah. about new yeah. yeah. Okay, but here's this little tidbit here. In Oklahoma University, Sooners, men's basketball support staff member was dismissed by the university after the uh, Oklahoma compliance staff discovered an NCAA extra benefit violation involving the staff member. The strength coach, listen to this now, the strength coach was given some money by a booster to hand to some players. I'm listening. So uh, it took place when the Sooners, I think, were in a tournament earlier this season. But yes, uh, let me see if I can get some more info here. So how did this get out? Someone told. That's that's a question. Who told? I don't know. I don't know who told, but someone told. So yes, someone Man. told. Did the transaction actually take place? No. So far, word got out to know it was. So, well, let me small. ask. Let me, all right, then. Let me ask this question then. For it to get to this point, and that person get let go, 
that person had to either keep the money or didn't report it and did it anyhow, some way, somehow. I'm just, I'm, I'm, because for you to get let go, one of those two things had to happen. Oh, for him to get let go, one thing you're doing is it just helps you appease the NFL. The second thing is the fact that he took the money. Yeah, quote from the AD, Joe Castiglione, Oklahoma. Yeah. He's just going to do it, even though he didn't do it. He's right. Playing for it. Our monitoring system worked as designed, and our compliance staff became aware of a violation. The resulting investigation confirmed information we received. We are committed to a culture of compliance. Unfortunately, a breach occurred, and we have taken the corrective action we believe to be appropriate. End quote. See if I can get some more information on that, but yes, because one other source I saw was the strength coach was there was a booster involved who gave the coach some money to give to players, and at that uh, investigation, or that story, that uh, they could not confirm if the coach gave any money to the players. So. You're talking about handlers, things like that. That's why I find it kind of interesting what you said about the new rules, et cetera, et cetera, in, in the NCAA. Most depends, people don't know that that exists. Depends on how you do it. Yeah. You, most people don't know that's how you – and on a, on a state school is where it's really helpful. Private schools, it's, you're just getting money. You know, you can do whatever you want to do. So, we'll, yeah, we'll see how all things goes. Oh, after – the U of H men lost to Pine Bluff and, and South Carolina State was all gloom and doom, et cetera, et cetera. But the Cougars' next home game will be Sunday, December 28th versus Mississippi Valley State of what conference? The SWAC. Who else is in the SWAC? Who who else beat Michigan State on the road and almost beat Auburn? Texas. Uh. So once again, I will climb aboard my soapbox and state, if the Cougars are going to play members of the SWAC, and why get, don't you play the school that is how far away from you, sir? Uh, Literally across Scott, Scott Street. Well, you know, you should, that, that was, that's been mentioned that the reason that, that won't happen is because fear. Fear getting beat. That fear looms large now. Am I wrong? I, I, Am no, I wrong, no. Doctor Kavir? Fear is the wrong word. Really? Fear is the wrong word. No, no. The, what I've been told, what I've been told for years, is what does playing TSU do for us except hurt us if we happen to lose to them? That's what I always was told. We don't really? want to play them because it doesn't help us if we beat them. So I think it's worse than fear. Well. I guess I was being nice then. It's arrogance. That's the word I was thinking. And I put it on Twitter after Doc was so nice enough to send me an article about was was Indiana, the state of Indiana, agreeing to continue their uh, four universities tournament. Uh, I think it was Indiana. It was Iowa. Doc, help me out here. Who was it? You sent, you tweeted it to me, not too long. I think last week about uh, someone agreeing to continue their in-state tournament involving four schools. Is that Indiana, Nebraska? It was or Indiana because it so, had it was Indiana, 
Indiana State, I believe. I think yeah. those schools. Anyway. Butler. And there may even be one um, in Iowa where they do it as well. So, because I tweeted uh, after I got that from Doc, I said, ahem, Houston area schools. Yeah. And I had the link to it. And, you know, some folks favored it, some folks didn't. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I, I replied to it again because Houston, U of H, and I am an alum, a proud alum, thinks that we are so far superior than the other schools in the city of Houston. So playing playing those schools is a step down. We look our, down our noses through TSU and You're Rice playing and high school playoff games in your new stadium. You know, so... You didn't want to before. You know, things like that. So I am just hoping... Because honestly, U of H, TSU, and I had a response from one of, one of my buddies, U of H, TSU would appeal to Texas Southern fans. If I said the game would put butts in the seat, it wouldn't appeal to the U of H fans. That's on them. You know, Hawkeye deserves to be filled. U of H alums should, I know they don't, but should come see the school that the team play. Regardless, first things first, regardless of who the opponent is, if you are loyal to your school, come see your school play. But in terms of Butts in the seats and fan interest, city interest. You play TSU, you tell me you want to get more fans in the butt, fans' butts in the seats than playing Valley or playing Pine Bluff. So you're okay with playing schools from the SWAC, but it's not a plan, okay playing TSU, who's in the SWAC. Apparently not. So I'm, I'm not going to step down from my soapbox and say, gentlemen, colleagues, brothers, Happy holidays to you and yours. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Happy Kwanzaa to you and yours. Season greetings. God bless. Anything you want to say in conclusion? No, sir. I don't have a soapbox today. So wait on your soapbox, man, because me and Doc have been on our soapbox like the last two or three podcasts. You said you haven't not had, been, on, been on one yet. I, well, I hadn't had one. I hadn't had one. Then no. it has, has riled me and chafed me. Since, since you called out that uh, stringer or whatever got the yeah. story wrong, yeah, got the, got his stats wrong. You got on the box then. Well, other than today, I happened to scroll through the the chronicle, and in the process of checking out, you know, the, the Rockets, I had their uh, uh, give a holiday uh, event on earlier this week, and in the process, the sponsor. Major sponsor, names banner was on the wall. The tagline up under the photo was Z E T instead of Z T E in bold letters. Who is your copy editor? Who is your copy editor? Who is your copy editor? They may not have known that it was wrong. I don't care. Because if you see the photo, there's no way you cannot see. Who the major sponsor is in the background. Ah, okay. Plus, you got four basketball players are standing up there big and tall, and they are not covering the name. You got a bunch of kids out in front now with a ba- uh, with bicycles and all, and they all smiles and all on Twitter. Maybe, How can you not? Maybe they thought it was for Zeta. I have no idea, but I know one Z5B. thing for sure. No. Huh? Maybe they thought it was Zeta. I hope not. 
because if they, that that company I, they probably it's is advertising in your face, and that's going on too often. It needs to change. Oh, I've seen a few typos in in uh, on web on newspapers, major newspapers, daily. So I wonder who is who is paying attention, who is the editor, and paying attention to those articles that are coming forth from their writers and their stringers. Got to get Doc, some. Anything else you want to say? In yes, I just would like to say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah for all those individuals out there that celebrate um, the holidays, and for my mother, Muslim brothers that do not, I wish you a good break uh, as you move and everybody else that celebrates the holiday. Blessings. Uh, stay close to Twitter. Follow us on our Facebook page to get some information on when our next podcast will be. We're not really sure of that yet because we've got games coming up this weekend, so we'll have well, to make it work. But we also have a end of the year we got to get got to get in. Well, that may be, but we got to got games, got games, you know. So we'll have to do hey, something. Games, so, got games. So we got the Cougars on Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Like us on Monday against the Wizards. I'll be in. So we'll like I said, we'll, and, and you'll be in Austin on Monday and Tuesday. So yeah, Mister Traveler. So. Talk about us. Look at you. Hey. So we do what we do. So listeners, we'll figure that. Listen to. Uh, we'll figure that. Listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud, and as Walkhead just said, we'll figure it out. So just thank you for your support. Thank you for uh, sticking with us, and thank you for spreading the word to your friends about the KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc Podcast. Wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion. Be true, be cool, and do more.